Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's Christy Dole. You're listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. And today I want to talk to you guys about your inner child. (laughs) This is really a huge theme that has been coming up in my own uh, work and transformation and healing, and it's coming up a lot for my clients. So isn't that kind of peculiar? Um, So before we get started, I want to thank everybody for being here in this community. We just launched our um, second group coaching container. We had eight beautiful women sign up. Um, It was a five-figure launch, which I'm going to definitely do another podcast about. Um, But it's really like kind of all the non-tactical things that I did to really break that barrier. I have never done a five-figure launch before. Um, and th- the truth is I kind of like uh, 10X'd any of my mo- more recent things. And so um, I really want to share that with you guys. But part of that, part of the work that I did was this inner child work. So let's talk a little bit about what the inner child is. Um, the inner child is a part of you. It's you right? It's you um, at a certain age, some sometime usually between zero to seven, but it also could be in, you know, in elementary school, middle school, high school. I mean, you could, I even had a client once who, you know, went back to like her 20 year old self, but really this inner child work is, is usually you in the ages of zero to seven, zero to eight. And, um, when you experience a trigger like disappointment or frustration or sadness or jealousy or any of that stuff, the idea here is that you experience that feeling for the very first time at some point in your childhood. And when you as a child between the ages of zero to seven, and the reason why we say zero to seven is because in the ages of zero to seven, you're like a walking subconscious brain. Okay. So there are really two parts of your brain, guys. There's your conscious brain that is listening to my words right now, interpreting the words, making meaning of it. You know, it's, it's your conscious brain right now is like looking at your phone or it's, you know, looking at the road, if you're driving or whatever you're doing, that's your conscious brain. Um, your, which is really about 5% of your thinking. Okay. Your subconscious brain is the part of your brain that was the only part that was active when you were in the ages of zero to seven. And your subconscious brain takes everything in as truth, as truth. Think about it. If you guys have kids and they're like two, three, four, five, when you tell them things and teach them things, they just kind of sit there with like a day's look and they just like absorb it and they just take it in, right? That's what our subconscious brain is. And so when, even though your thinking comes from your conscious brain, your that 5% of your thinking comes from your conscious brain, 95% of your thinking is coming from your subconscious brain. And if you haven't checked that subconscious ever, then you are absolutely running programs and thoughts and belief systems from that part of your brain. And there's a very good chance that you're sabotaging yourself in some area of your life, or you're not satisfied, or you feel stuck, or you feel unhappy, right? That's because your subconscious brain is running the show. If you want to have a 
you know, successful business and network marketing, that's what your conscious brain wants. Your subconscious brain may or may not think you deserve it or are worthy of it or that you can handle it or that you, you know, or that you um, are, are strong enough to be seen or to be heard as a leader, right? So that's kind of a little bit about your subconscious and your conscious brain. Now, back to our inner child. So sometime in that age range, when you were just a walking subconscious brain, just taking it all in as truth, you have instances where your well-meaning caretakers, your well-meaning parents said or did something that brought you an emotion. And because you were so little and didn't know how to process it, and more than likely, nobody was there to like hold that space for you to internalize it and work through it you then boom it's like that subconscious that's like that thought that belief system is like now embedded in your subconscious so the work that i do and i'm i'm just going to use me as an example but i I've, I've been doing a lot of this work with my clients lately and i and actually i'll share a little bit about the launch but you know when you want to do something that you've never done before or that's big, you're going to notice these fears come up and these hesitations and these resistances. And so for me, it was fear. I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to do it. I was afraid that I would try and fail and look bad. I was afraid that um, you know, being seen as like an expert in this sort of stuff or, or having any knowledge to teach, I was, um, in fear of being seen. And I, you know, and I, I recognize that, but I was like, I don't understand why, because my conscious brain is like, no, we want this. We want to grow and scale our coaching business, but then there's this fear. Okay. So can anyone relate to this where you want something, but then there's this underlying fear. If so, this is how you work on it. You want to, and what I did with my coach is she asked me, you know, when was the first time you ever felt afraid? And I actually think I talked about this in the last episode, but the first time I ever felt afraid was one of my very first memories of playing with records and my mom yelled yelled at me. And in my house, um, being seen meant like being in trouble, right? So anytime my, like I was visible to my mom, it was, what are you doing? Where are you going? Come here and help me clean. Or it was a punishment, um, you know, getting, getting hit or, you know, she would use a spoon or like a slipper. (laughs) My mom is from South America. So that's, that's a very, uh, very true stereotype. They do use slippers (laughs) to spank their kids. So, um, for me, being seen meant being hurt. And so I had never put those two things together. I never understood that my fear of really getting big and being seen was from that. And I, and I never understood, um, how to get over it until I did this work. And so when I did this work, I was able to go to that memory and actually communicate with my inner child in that moment. And I would ask her, you know, what do you need right now? And what can I do for you? And letting her know, like, it's okay. You're safe. I'm here now. Like I'm here to protect you. And so this inner child work is 
really showing up in so many other parts of my life and my client's life right now. And I want to share a story with you that I've been, I have been wanting to share for over a year, but I was trying to, um, I don't know, I just, I, I didn't want to rock the boat, but I'm kind of at the point now where I just think it's important to share the story. So, um, I live in a, t- I, we moved to this new town a couple of years ago and I had this, we met this neighbor who was great. I liked her. She was awesome. We would have coffee and we would chat and it was, I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Like, it's so awesome to, you know, live in a community and, and have this. And for a bonus, she had kids that were my kid's age and they would play and they had a great time. And, you know, I think there was like one play date where there was like screaming and stuff, but like that happens with little girls. And, um, it was about a year and a half ago. She, I was in her kitchen and she told me that, um, she did not, her and her husband had talked and that she does not want her kids to play with my kids or be, um, or be close with my kids anymore. And the reason why is because I, um, partake in, I think the words were devil, devil practices. I, I have angel cards. I have crystals. I do yoga. I meditate. Right. So she is part of a religion. Uh, she's a Jehovah's witness. And apparently they, they say that those things are like, they bring the devil. So (laughs) I was raised Jewish. I, you know, believe in God. I think the Bible and all of that is great until it starts to hurt people right when you take when you take a religion that is meant to teach you how to be closer to god and how to be a good person and how to live a good life and you start interpreting it in a way that is hurting people like my children this is when i have a bit of an issue and so for the last year and a half i have just really practiced acceptance like I haven't seen this woman, I haven't seen her kids. I mean, she literally put the brakes on any sort of relationship with her neighbors because I have crystals and I use angel cards and because that's what her religion told her. So, I'm not here to discuss religion or have an opinion about it. Here's my thing, like whatever floats your boat, whatever makes you happy. But if the thing that you practice discriminates other people and it is and excludes other people from um being in your world because of judgments based on you know a couple of verses in the bible that could could totally be taken out of context depending on how you read it that's when i um that's that's hard for me it is that's a real hard p- pill to swallow for me like if people don't want to spend time with me or my family because we're mean or rude or whatever, hey, more power to you. But she actually said, she was like, I feel so bad. We love you guys so much. We know you're good people, but my religion says dot, dot, dot. So that happened the October before COVID. And, I, you know, I I tried to explain it to my daughter. I, I am very honest with my kids. And I tell them the truth about things. I don't, I don't like to lie to them. So I just told them straight up, 
their religion says that you can't, that you guys can't play anymore because mommy has crystals. And so of course, as a kid, it's just, that's like a little confusing and sad. Um, and then COVID happened. And so anytime we would see these neighbors, my daughter would say, can we play with them? Can we play with them? And so I just would blame it on COVID. I would say, well, you know, COVID and they're being careful. And, and so today my daughter who I swear she is, um, the gateway to my inner child. She just starts sobbing today, like sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. Why can't I see my friend? I miss my friend. I just want to play. And to be honest, I think COVID is really starting to get to her, especially she's seven. She's in first grade. She's just full of life and sweetness. And she's such, she's so creative and fun and kind and you know, COVID it's just like, she's home, which she loves, but like she's home or she goes to school and at school there's like, they're not doing any fun stuff, right? It's just learning, which I get at school. But if it was normal, she would be having, you know, parties and Christmas parties and Valentine's parties and all these fun things. Right. And all that's been stripped away. And so it is what it is. So basically when she's home, she just misses friendship and she wants to have her friends around And I realized today that witnessing her hurt so much because of the decision of this mom and her religion really just triggers me. It really, like, I cry with her because, and then I'm going to, this is how I'm bringing it home with you guys. And I thought about it today. Like, why does this make me so upset? Why does this feel so unfair to me? And then came the memory. When I was five years old, I had a friend who, um, whose mom would never let her come to my house. And I was never invited to her house. And I never understood why this was a friend that I would see at school and at Hebrew school. I never understood why, like she could never come over and like why I was never invited to her house. And I think, I think that, yeah, like it's starting to make me emotional now is like, I would just feel so left out and so not included. And when I see my daughter go through that, oh man, does that hurt? You know, it hurts so bad. But the reason why I'm sharing this with you guys is because, you know, I'm mad at that neighbor. I am. I'm really pissed that I live next to someone who's like so uppity in their religion. Like that's just annoying to me. I'm so frustrated that my poor daughter has to feel so, has to feel the same feelings that I felt as a kid. I think this is the first time I've ever cried on my podcast, but um, I can like feel this like right here in my throat and my chest. Um. So the work is to really visit with that four and five-year-old version of me and to just be there with her. So when you do, if you do this inner child work, whether you do it alone or with a coach or something, the intention is not to go back to the memory and tell that version of you, like, it's okay, they didn't mean it, like, we, you know, that's not the point. The point is to simply be there 
to hold that space for that version of you to feel what they feel, you know, to feel sad, to feel excluded, and to let that version of you know that it's okay that they feel this way and that there's nothing wrong with it and that you as the adult don't hate it, don't wish it would just go away, but that you're here to let it to, to let it know that it's okay that it's here. Because here's the thing, guys, the stuff that happened to you as kids, this thing that happened to me as a four and five-year-old with this friend, it's a part of me. It's just a part of me. And in order for me to not let it be a part of me that holds me back in life, I must accept it. I must acknowledge it. I must see it. I must hear it. And I must be with it and be okay with being with it. So it's really about just asking that version of yourself, what do you need? How can I support you right now? What do you need? And if you do that work, you guys, you know, 100% of the time, it's I just want to be told that it's okay. I just want to be told that I'm okay. I just want to be told that, uh, you know, that people love me or I want a hug or you know, please hold me. That's really what our inner children want and need from us is to be seen, to be heard and to be accepted. It's not about wishing it was gone or what can I do to fix it? It's about being okay with it being there. And you guys, when you do that, you totally transmute and alchemize that emotion. So think of it this way, the body, your physical body is the tool that can take a negative, low vibrating emotion and transmute it, right? It can alchemize it. So like, I don't know if you guys know what those words mean, but it's to, to you know, to take it from, it's like when, um, it's like when you take coal and you put so much pressure on it that it becomes a diamond, right? You, that's, a, that's alchemy. That's taking one thing and turning it into another. So the body, the physical body is the thing that can take these low vibrating energies and shift it into higher vibrating energies and free you, right? And it doesn't mean that I'm never going to feel frustrated or sad or lonely or left out again, because I'm essentially experiencing that through my daughter's eyes with this neighbor situation. You know, my my daughter is feeling rejected and lonely and sad for, for her friend. And when I witness that, it really sparks up those feelings inside of me. And so I'm there for my daughter. I hug her. I hold her. I ask her what she needs. And then, and then I go ahead and I do that for myself. And sometimes my inner child just wants to be held. And then when I'm done, like when I'm done recording this podcast, I'm going to go and shake right now. I'm going to go do a shaking practice because, and I'm going to scream into a pillow (laughs) because I can feel the, um, I can feel tightness and constriction in my throat right now because that energy wants to come up and out, right? So emotions are just energy in motion. And when we feel something for the first time as a kid, we're like, what just happened? We, you know, we, children don't have the brain power or process to, um, filter, and to um, make sense of the things that happen to them. And so what happens is it gets stored in the body as a truth. And then you live your life. And any time that trigger comes up, 
you are behaving like your inner child, right? I really believe if you look at the world and especially politicians and world leaders and the way they all behave, we are literally witnessing five, six, and seven-year-olds and their, their unprocessed stuff, right? When you lash out, when you um, lash out on the internet, when you lash out at your husband or your friends, that's not adult you. That's the child in you that's triggered. And because you haven't healed it, because you haven't acknowledged that part of you, and because you wish that part of you wasn't even there, that's the part of you that consistently comes up. What you resist will persist and what you accept will transform. So thank you guys for um, hearing this and kind of letting me process my own inner child stuff. But as this relates to growing a network marketing business or, or growing a business, um, being successful, making more money, this is really a huge part of it. You know, you might ask, oh, what does, you know, memories from childhood have to do with making money? Well, it has everything to do with it because if you don't feel worthy, if you don't feel like you're enough, if you don't feel like you're being seen or heard, that's going to affect every decision that you make. That's going to affect every way that you approach your life. It's everything, you guys. So start to get real familiar with your inner child and and do that work. And this is really what I do. This is this is the work that I partake in. This is why I'm here. I also believe that when we heal our inner child, we actually are able to uh, you know your our children benefit and when we heal our inner child, we are actually healing past generations and ancestors that came before us. So that's getting into a little bit of 5D stuff, which I maybe one day we'll do a podcast about. But for now, um, I think the big takeaways are, number one, what is the thing that's, that is, what's the pattern? What's the stuckness? What's the belief system that you have right now that's keeping you stuck? What is the loop that you're currently in? Are you, um, you know, do you... I know for me, for a long time, I would make a lot of money and then I would spend it, right? So I had this limiting belief that I couldn't, um, I wasn't worthy of making a lot of money. And so even when I did make a lot of money, I would I would find a way to, to spend it, to lose it, <laughs> not lose it, but spend it. Um, so that is something that I've had to revisit and go back to and heal. And again, it all comes back to being afraid of being seen, of being heard. You know, what does it mean if I have a lot of money? What are people going to think about me if I have a lot of money, right? It all comes back to that stuff. So asking yourself, where are you stuck? What are you stuck on? What's a limiting belief that you have? What is, what's an overall feeling that you feel, And then ask yourself, when was the first time you ever remember feeling that? Go back to that place, close your eyes, take some deep cleansing breaths and go back to that scene and just ask your inner, just go to that scene, walk right up to her and look at her right in the eyes and allow the little version of you to look into your eyes as an adult. This is very powerful. And then just ask it, what do you need? What do you need right now? That's it. Just over and over. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And then see what happens. Okay, guys. So I hope that this um, episode helped. 
I will be back next week. Um, if, if this was good content, please share it on your socials. Um, let your, let your community and people know, um, what your biggest takeaways were and tag me. I love seeing this stuff online. All right, guys, I'll see you next week.